For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Alaska Outlaw Productions presents the Alaska Outlaw Podcast. The show for fellow patriots and veterans and Americans throughout the globe. Offering decades of experience in health, safety, and the security needs of the common American from a common American. Enemy. Welcome to the Alaskan Outlaw Podcast. Greetings and welcome to the show. I hope this podcast finds things going in the right direction for you and that you're able to get out and visit with loved ones, hang out with friends, even when practicing safe social distancing protocols. This pandemic continues to attempt to smother our independence throughout the country, but we still have the freedom to think freely. While Portland, Oregon still struggles to get their social unrest under control, the remaining tinderbox locations are either not in the news or starting to cool off. So, here we are, getting into fall, watching the leaves change colors. Over the last several podcasts... I've talked about security methods that you can use to keep your family safe in most situations. We've talked about survival and the different approaches, so we should be able to cover our most basic needs regardless of the situation that unfolds. Well, this week, I'd like to expand on some safety ideas for you as you travel around in different situations by deploying some safety and numbers practices that we'll talk about here today. Throughout the decades that I've been in the security industry, I have a countless conversations with multitude of individuals about a concept I call physical injustice. And physical injustice is identified by noting a physical difference between two parties. The injustice may be the result of one party having an advantage over the other caused by a physicality or by the involvement of weaponry and or Anything that creates a difference, numbers as an example, is another way of creating a physical injustice. So with that in mind, many individuals have talked to me about feeling insecure in certain situations, that these feelings have forced some to arm themselves with potentially defensive weaponry or study some type of martial art with the objective of protecting themselves. The overall objective here is to make it a fair fight. However, tipping the scale in your favor wouldn't be a bad thing, okay? So, the whole idea behind putting one in the win column is to stack the deck in your favor, right? By tipping the physical injustice your way. So, with that in mind, let's look at some ideas to level the playing field to talk about moving across open ground. And there's lots of practice um, that you can apply this to. Um, One of the original thoughts I had was a uh, young lady, 
uh, bartender gets off at three in the morning, has to cross a parking lot uh, to her vehicle so that she can go home. So things of that nature. And so the the initial argument from a, a lot of people is, oh, just call 911. Well, as much as I fully support all the men and women on the blue line, they can be up to 15 minutes away, depending on their call volume. So we have a little time to account for before the officers arrive on scene. To that end, let's kind of look at the situation with a security strategic eye. So we're going to kind of look at it a little differently than you've probably looked at it in the past. So when beginning to look at each scene with this strategic view, quote unquote, there are some critical factors that we need to calculate. Okay, so by learning a little about strategy and setting up situations for the best possible outcome, that's what separates the victors from the victims. And being a victim is more than just a state. It can also be somewhat of a mindset. So you need to break that. So we're going to think positively. We're going to think, you know, optimistically. And we're going to power ourselves through this. So when thinking strategically, we need to be constantly augmenting our plan based on the veritable threats coming in and out of focus during the intersection with our dynamic environment. That's a real expensive way on how to say, We need to be adjusting and adapting as we go. We need to be on the fly. So weighing the difference between a straight path versus a more publicly visible route is one of the key ingredients to this successful outcome. Throughout today's discussion, we're going to use several popular stereotypes. And again, this goes back to, I want you to kind of put in your mind, but the uh, the bartender I mentioned earlier, but realistically, think about it uh, in a, a... quote-unquote zombie apocalypse kind of mentality where you're having to move through open ground you get from building to building or from safe place to safe place and so those are kind of the beginning and end points of our discussion today is we're going to talk about five points in the timeline of getting from a to b so the first place you're going to start in a secure area You are in the bar, you're in a a locked facility, um, whatever, okay? So you're in a secure area, limited income or limited approaches that folks can make into that area, um, secured for one reason or another. So step two, you're going to step out and you're departing that immediately secure area and you're quasi at the same time stepping into or adjusting to the dynamic zone, okay? And that's how we're going to identify the hot zones between A and B, okay? So departing the immediate, you're entering into the dynamic, then you've got to traverse the dynamic, and that's the whole place in between. We'll talk about all this in a minute. So um, then you're going to exit the dynamic area, and you're going to enter the next secure area, Okay, so we are talking, for the sake of this discussion today, we are talking about the distance between first secure area and the second secure area, all the ground in between. And don't get me wrong, if you, you know, and and I'll go back to the zombie apocalypse example, and we're moving building to building to building, we leave one building, secure area, dynamic, into another secure area, 
We leave that secure area back into the dynamic, another dynamic to another secure. So you're constantly moving from one to another. So the the first step in this whole concept is to actually leave our immediately secure area. And so we're going to plan our route through this dynamic zone. So the dynamic zone is that battleground out there in the middle, and we'll talk about it in a minute. And our goal is to get through this as safely as possible. Now, this isn't to say that it's like being in combat for any stretch of the imagination. You know, here in civilian life, the the chances of running into um, some kind of trouble within your dynamic zone are moderate. Okay, depending on where you are in town, obviously, if you're in, in kind of a, a more crime-ridden neighborhood, chances go up. If you're in a lower crime neighborhood or a more public area, um, now the chances go down. So um, just something. This needs to be done as safely as possible, as I mentioned. So if we're looking out of a retail store across the parking lot, we need to survey in detail the route of travel before we engage in travel. Okay. So for the sake of simplicity, this scenario that I'm going to define right now um, is what we're going to use for our example. So we're leaving a retail outlet, middle of the night, or really dark 30 anyway, and we're going to move out to our vehicle, which is out in the parking lot. Okay. So when we assess the route of travel, uh, the prudent planner uh, would include alternates. So something happens with path A, we switch over to path B. Simple as that. So so should something dynamically change uh, during the travel, we can switch easily. Eventually, you will become quicker at this, at establishing the best route as well as the alternate routes as necessary and be able to perform this function pretty much at a glance. The key is to have the plan locked into your mind. As part of the evaluation of your route, there are several factors that you want to consider. Okay, And so real quickly here, um, first one, the biggie are blind spots where it's difficult or impossible to visually inspect an area within the route. These areas may be caused by obstacles or low lighting, closed door, etc. Those are big ones because you never know what's in those blind spots. Number two is obstacles, uh, as I mentioned before, are the most important and obviously the most challenging as they may be static, i.e. a parked car causing blind spots or dynamic, which then creates an uncertainty. And this is moving vehicles within the dynamic zone. Okay, so you're going out into a retail parking lot. It's, it's darker. Um, you've got cars moving around, um, either leaving the parking lot or coming into the parking lot, whichever the case. So those are the dynamic ones. Um, so now also... Just for calculation purposes, obstacles may also include some traction issues. So um, you talk about being on ice and you're in your high heels, i.e. going back to the bar, going all the way back to the bartender. Um, high heels on ice might be a little sticky um, or not sticky. <laughs> and so you, you need to be adjusting for that or any kind of footwear. So think about your footwear there. Uh, you're going out across the ice. Dynamic intercepts are those things that may either impair forward travel or block forward vision, and the frequency may be sporadic. Okay, so those are those are the uh, three kind of notes when evaluating the overall route of travel. Okay, 
All right, so when we come back, we're going to go take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue talking about the uh, getting into the dynamic zone and some of the things that we need to evaluate there. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Alaskan Outlaw Podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, we now have visual on target. Welcome back to the Alaskan Football Podcast. So, before we left... We were talking about what are some of the major points that we need to evaluate when evaluating our route. So, got that. We know what route we're going to take. We've got some alternate routes in plan. We're good to go, right? Now, if this is a forecasted trip, i.e. you're going to grandma's house, something that's a little bit more planned, you may want to write this down. And here's why. Um, if you've got teammates, if you've got family members, whatnot, everyone needs to know what the plan is so that things get a little crazy there in the dynamic zone. You've got some ability to make decisions on the fly by people other than yourself should you be incapac- incapacitated or otherwise engaged uh, in something else. So just something to think about. All right, so back to the five steps. Again, remember we were talking about five pieces of uh, safe area to safe area we've left uh, after departing the immediate safe area we are entering into the dynamic area this portion is where you will hear the warning keep your head on a swivel as you will want to be constantly scanning the environment for any indications of trouble during this phase you may have to make modifications to the route because of dynamic information received or dynamic events happening within your your zone there you you're going to have to adjust for it Okay. You are going to be counting on clarity uh, of your eyes, your ears, and everything that you can take in as you need to survey everything. And even if it's a quick glance, at least you can spot if you turn again and you see the same spot and something's different, it's something, you know, make note of that, right? All right. So now you've fully arrived in the dynamic zone. Your private objective is to get through the zone as fast and as safely as possible again you're constantly scanning and giving those blind spots a wide berth to ensure that you have some time to notice if something is starting to go south there okay so the dynamic zone here's where you are this is the major area now we talk about and and when i say five uh, pieces to this puzzle we really, I need to be clear here and say that they're not five equal pieces, okay? 
So the first thing is just the, the starting point, if you will, the starting line, the safe zone. The ending spot or the secure zone at the end is, that's just it. It's just a finish line. You get in, you close the door, and it's locked. Poof, you're good, okay? The exiting and entering the safe zones are are merely just thresholds where you cross a doorway or out a window or whatever, okay? So they're just that threshold from safety to non-safety. And then everything else is the dynamic zone. It can happen anywhere, everywhere, all the time, anytime. Okay? The dynamic zone is very large and it's a very substantial piece of what you need to, to formulate in your plan. You, you need to have a clear idea of how you're going to get through point A to point B. And there may be, you know, going back and, and using our zombie apocalypse um, example, um, there may be some additional requirements, covering fire, um, flashbang, uh, you name it, smokes, whatever, right? So you, anything you can do to get through the dynamic zone as quickly and as safely as possible. One of the things a lot of people fail to kind of calculate in getting through this dynamic zone is watching where they're stepping, watching where you put your feet down. I mean, oh, this is silly, and, and in many cases where, you know, you got this balancing act going on between moving quickly and watching your step. So you, that's what you're going to have. You're going to have a balancing act uh, between those two diabolically opposed forces there, okay? You want to be sure-footed. You want to be stepping on things that are good to step on, um, but on the same note, as quickly as you can. So again, safety is first and foremost, particularly you know, in, a, in a prepper type of uh, survival type of scenario where it is the zombie apocalypse or societal breakdown where medical help isn't readily handy. Um, now all of a sudden you've, you've kind of opened up another can of worms, so to speak. So it's something to really think and, and really put into your calculations. The dynamic zone is large, it's big, and it's um, there's a lot of dynamic factors involved in getting across it. Okay, so once you've successfully navigated across the dynamic zone, you're not out of the woods yet. Okay, Unfortunately, this can be the most dangerous section of the whole trip. And here's why. Because during this phase, your back is facing the dynamic zone. So therefore, almost the whole area is a blind spot. And unfortunately, many of us um, will begin to anticipate the next secure area. We almost let our guard down a little bit, and we can't do that. We've, we've got to be on our toes until the door is locked behind us. Okay, So when we talk about this exiting the dynamic area, we we need to be as as clear-headed here as we were coming into the dynamic zone um, you'll want to get through this as quickly as possible but again safely as possible with um, making sure that you've got all those blind spots covered frequent casual glances over your shoulders and the gain uh, turned up on those ears um, are very important during this phase again you're listening for any sounds um, particularly those that are close, so you're trying to gauge the range, things like that. And, and again, head on a swivel. 
So, and then finally, you're going to reach the next secure zone. Upon entry, turn and secure the door you just used um, to ensure that this area retains its level of safety and security, right? So if you go running through the door and leave the door open, guess what? Yeah, you haven't done any good. You're still in a dynamic area. It's just a little less confined, or it's a little more confined, sorry. All right. So that's kind of how the whole thing is going to come together. Setting yourself up for success in risky scenarios can become second nature with enough practice. Really, honest. The above list is from training I received in moving high-value personnel through unavoidable risky areas, and it served me very well on many occasions, the many occasions that I had to utilize them. So let's quickly cover some generic safety measures that can be used. We used to call it common sense. Now, well, we know about what common sense is nowadays. Okay, so there are five points here. Five points that are kind of, you're going to hear them and go, oh yeah, duh. So number one, stay in well-lit areas, especially if you're having to travel in visually challenging opportunities. Rain, snow, something like that, crowded areas. Stay in well-lit areas. Travel in numbers if possible. Again, using the physical injustice understanding, we know that the more of you there are, the better your chances um, to uh, intimidate off and or to combat if necessary. Number three, be prepared to roll with the changes. This is a very important piece. You're in a dynamic environment and things are going to change just the way it is. Get ready to roll with it. Don't take unnecessary risks. Plot a route that minimizes the amount of time you spend in the dynamic zone. Again, plan a route that gets you from point A to point B as quickly and as safely as possible. And five, always keep your hands free. If possible, having a free set of hands allows you to defend yourself if at, at worst. If at best, now it sets you up for success of getting into the next secure zone, i.e. your car or some other uh, secure area. Okay. All right. So we covered a lot of, uh, a lot of ground there. Um, we're now in our next secure zone and being that we're here in our next secure zone, we're going to take a quick break for another commercial. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about some, uh, alterations to our plan. Cause obviously, as I mentioned, we need to be adaptable. So we'll talk about those adaptations when we come back. You're listening to the Alaskan Outlaw Podcast. Stand by to receive transmission three, two, one. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 
Welcome back, guys. Thanks for joining me for that. Um, when we left, we talked about um, all the uh, portions of the route from A to B. Uh, and we talked about some general ideas, well-lit areas, travel in numbers, roll with the changes, unne- uh, avoid unnecessary risks, and keep your hands free. Um One of the most uh, valuable pieces of information I can give you is put down your damn cell phone. Um, uh, Sorry to say, but they are without a shadow of a doubt uh, the leading number of distractions um, when we talk about accidents and we talk about um, crimes, uh, opportunistic crimes anyway. Um, They are, they're big. So Um, one of the questions I frequently get is, what if I have small children in tow? Great question. The inclusion of small children should not affect the plan or the route. Uh, where having the littles will affect um, and will have an effect during all the different stages, and we need to calculate for them, they shouldn't affect the overall plan, the overall route. Your objective should be to get the little ones into a safety zone first, then enter that safety zone yourself. All right, so in our example that we mentioned earlier, I will use a young mother uh, with an infant and a toddler doing their weekly grocery trip. Uh, She plans a route um, uh, using a direct path tactic. Uh, She has a toddler on a wrist strap, the infant in the upper cart area there of her shopping cart her route exits the store through the exit closest to where she parked the family car travels down the lot lane keeping about eight to ten feet from the back of parked vehicles the vehicle the toddler and this is kind of going against the grain but the toddler is on the vehicular traffic side of her close to her side Um, Upon arriving at the family car, she approaches the side of the vehicle where the infant will be placed. She should already have her keys available in her non-dominant hand or the remote unlock engaged, retaining one hand free to ensure she has at least one line of defensive actions available. A good 360-degree look around uh, herself, making note of questionable possibilities. Always, again, keep your head on that swivel. A quick scan within the vehicle before opening the door will ensure that the inside of the vehicle is indeed a safe area. Then she is going to have the toddler climb in first around the car seat. And after performing another 360 scan, paying special attention to the windows of cars nearby, looking for movement within the vehicle or through the vehicle, she will duck down to place the infant in the car seat. Then with one hand still on the infant, Another look around, again, noting any questionable scenarios, uh, any defensive moves she has to make. And she's going to see those through her vehicle windows. She's going to secure the infant, secure the door before going to the other side to secure the, perform the similar act uh, and secure the toddler. Once the children are in the vehicle, she can load the groceries into the vehicle while frequently scanning the area for threats. Once she is in the vehicle and the doors are locked, it is a safe area. Okay, that's not to say it's it's a perfect world because technically somebody could come through a window or whatnot, bad guy, whatever. But for the most part, she should be secure at this point. Okay, 
So it's it, you see where we're going with this, right? So she's made it across the parking lot. She's made it through her dy- dynamic zones. Um, one of the the important notes from this example, firstly, by having the toddler on the traffic side of her prevents the possibility of a snatch from a blind spot between cars. Secondly, by loading the toddler in across the car seat minimizes the exposure of the toddler to the to the dynamic environment. Again, we're getting him into the safe area, the next safe area. We're remaining in the dynamic zone uh, as we kind of finish up getting the infant in and getting that side secured, and then going around the other side, doing another 360, making sure that area is secured, getting the toddler secured, and poof, now we've got at least those two in the safe area. Um, Finally, by keeping her head on a swivel, she is able to identify threats before they arrive in her immediate space. As well, by staying 8 to 10 feet off the bumpers of parked cars, she gave herself an opportunity to react to a threat from one of those blind spots. These are key takeaways from this example. And it is. And that's exactly what it is. Okay, She had a little bit of warning. She was able to make some kind of adjustments. Again, you're adjusting fast and uh, able to uh, keep the bad guys at bay. Now, we've made the best plan possible. We thought we executed it with perfection, but yet things seem to go sideways. Now, it really depends on where you were in your phases, but if you find yourself within the first two phases, your first option may be to return to your original secure area. However, if you are in the next two phases, you may need to power forward and will need some actions for quick escape. Remember, a couple of podcasts ago, I mentioned you three options when confronted by a possible incident. You guys remember that? If you didn't, you can go back. Um, You have a, or one, run for it, retreat to the last safe place or advance to the next safe place at a full thrust. Or an alternate, Um, if you're in a shopping center, um, and there's a ice cream or yogurt shop there in the strip mall kind of attached to the, make a beeline, beat feet. So have an alternate run, uh, negotiate, yell, scream, whatever you got to do. Try to get the bad guy or the threat to stand down, get away from you. Or option three is it's time to rock and roll. Remember, if you don't see the eye to eye, you might have to go toe to toe. It's the way it is. It's the way my daddy told me. So you will need to whip out the old toolbox to hopefully level the physical injustice that you may have to face. So just some thoughts as you are making it into, in this example, from the store to your car. Now, in some cases, um, I recommend, you know, if you're if you're picking up a big ticket item, um, something that's a snatch and grab, like a big TV or, or a computer or whatnot. Um, have a buddy. Uh, you know, again, going back to that physical injustice of bringing numbers, right? Safety and numbers. That's what it's all about. Okay. So um, another thing, um, uh, a dispatcher that I worked with uh, a while ago told me a great idea is uh, a good starting point is to dial 911 on your cell phone and then put it in your pocket or purse without hanging it up. Okay, so this kind of gets things rolling from the the blue line 
to execute their plan to, to get to you. Then commence whatever you have to do is necessary to bring you out on of, of the whole situation on top. Um, back to the example for a second, you may want to retreat back to a safe place, especially for your children's sake. As you are aware, their safety becomes our greatest objectives. However, they cannot be safe without you there to keep them that way. So sometimes retreat is the better part of valor on that. So we need to consider our options and our challenges when actually confronted with a potentially violent situation. Okay. So when we come back, we'll kind of finish this up, talk about some uh, more solutions and we'll get down to our conclusions. So we'll talk to you right after this message. You're listening to the Alaskan Outlaw Podcast. Stand by to receive transmission three, two, Hey, welcome back, guys. Thanks for that moment. Um, just before we left, we were talking about a um, great point that I got from a dispatcher at one point that just said, dial 911 on your cell phone and put it in a pocket purse, throw it in the car, something um, that gets the blue line activated so now you can get on to handling whatever situations so some potential solutions to learn and practice we have arrived at a time for action Um, we have made a comprehensive plan and we have executed our plan to the letter but yet here we are the place we didn't want to be using a standard stereotype and our previous example we have a male suspect rush the mother and her children the first step that i encourage all of my training participant is to strike hard and fast. Okay, don't wait. If they grab, you punch, period. Whatever it takes. So uh, the perpetrator of this crime is convinced that mom will panic and freeze. So you have to train yourself. You have to steal yourself to retaliate instantly. Don't wait. An immediate retaliation will completely derail his thinking. In addition, defensive objects have always taught that it's all about the big parts against the little parts. A clenched fist to the groin or throat as hard as possible should create the desired effect. The effect that you hope for is the immediate stunning of the perpetrator. Long enough to give you time to form new options. Right? So you're, again, adapt, adjust. All of a sudden, now you've got this guy who's quasi-dazed, stunned anyway, in our example. And you're in the middle of a parking lot. What's the next option? So possibly retreat back into a safe area. Once the suspect has been stunned, there are plenty of options to get you and the kids to safety. The good news, by staying in public view, there are plenty of willing participants and willing individuals who are willing to get involved. So during the strike, a loud shout may bring even more options to ensure you and the kids' safety. So some things to think about when you're in the the crunch. Uh, When talking about uh, for the immediate response, using a firearm, I typically advise against it, honestly. And there are multiple reasons I try to instill confidence in my students 
that they have the ability within themselves to do what's necessary. My primary reason is that a very few, very few, very select, trained to draw a weapon in that close quarters and accurately discharge the weapon. In many cases, the children or bystanders could be shot in the chaos, not to mention discharging a weapon before it even cleared the holster. Okay, so without lots of training, getting a holster out or getting a holstered weapon out and initiate uh, and fire is is quite a thing. And if you're panicked and you're already under stress, sometimes it's not worth it. Um, There are multiple examples of innocent people being struck by stray bullets. Secondly, once the weapon is out, based on personal distances, the weapon could be forcefully removed and now the weapon could be used against you or the kids and uh, or it then could join the millions of firearms in the black market. If the shooter trains religiously with drawing and firing and split-second reactions, then by all means, do what you know you can do. I am only advising here, not commanding, not directing. It's up to you as to whether you pull the trigger or not, okay? It's your safety. It's your life, okay? So um, your call, I'm just saying, in many cases I have found where the firearm um, is not the best answer. Uh, a quick shot to the throat, quick shot to the ball sack, and you've got equality. You've got a stunned perpetrator, and now you've got some additional options. You vocalize it. Now you've got even potentially more options. You've got 911 on their way, more options, uh, particularly if the dispatcher hears the scream through the phone. Um, now you've got some more options in route. So just things that, you know, kind of put in the old magic toolbox, so to speak, okay? Um, conclusion. Today we talked a lot about being safe and planning for the dynamic environment we call our community. We covered the five phases of transporting high-value personnel all over the world every day. Millions of guys do it, millions of ladies and, and gentlemen uh, in the security industry throughout the world are moving high-value or v- VIPs, and th- they do this. This is what they do. They look at a situation, and they know how to get through it. In many cases, if we were transporting, as an example, from their home to the airport, um, we'd have the route all planned out. We'd have alternate routes coming off almost every other street. We'd have all these different plans, and every member of the team was briefed on that plan. So we knew... If anything went sideways anywhere, how we would handle uh, the scenario. And it's it's real world. But this is hopefully what my podcast done, the show today has done, is kind of talk to you about how you do this every day. And many cases, we kind of take it for granted. We, we kind of just assume that we're going to get it right. But uh, the big thing to know is... When, you know, particularly if you're traveling with elderly or small children, you, you really got to have a plan and make sure that that plan includes uh, the ability to adjust and adapt once you're out there in that dynamic zone because it can get real crazy. Uh, we talked about ways to implement these tactics into your daily lives and keep you and your loved ones safe. The best advice I can offer is to constantly consider the here and now constantly every minute from a to b 
you're asking what if. All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me and letting me fill your head with hopefully knowledge and information at best. Uh, please be sure to tune in next week where we'll be talking about supply lines in the United States. And that promises to be a great show. Uh, I'm really excited about it, honestly. Uh, I sincerely thank you for allowing me to be part of your day. And as always, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Mark at akoutlaw.com. I'll be proud to do some research and get you an answer. Thanks. Peace. There it is, some light within the darkness of information overload in this modern-day time of instant news where the power of technology has replaced the slow-moving media of the 20th century, most of it with zero or very little fact-checking. I hope our discussion today has provided some insight as to slicing through the rhetoric and arrived at a balanced view that you can validate for yourself in your own mind. For more information about me and my view on world events, please be sure to follow me on Facebook, subscribe to my Twitter feed, subscribe to this podcast feed, or visit our website at https colon slash slash akoutlaw.com, which is the central location to get all of our media sources. Guys, stay safe out there, and remember to stay true to who you are. Peace. Uh, this is Echo 09. We have hostiles coming in. This has been Podcast Black Alaska Outlaw Productions.